1: so much for listening, guys. This is Life with Kristen Tatum. We're so glad you're joining us. We
0: really are.
1: If you are new with us, we release a podcast every Wednesday. And we would love for you to rate or review uh, our podcast if you haven't done that yet. And we always just like to shout out and say thanks for all um, of you that are sharing this on social media or helping to connect us with your friends and your family. Uh, It means a lot to us that you would invite us to be a part of your world. So thanks for doing that. We're excited to jump into the topic um, today to share together a podcast that we are titling Run to the Roar.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's going to be awesome today. So it was the other day. I um, Man, I was just so inspired by our services. So one of my habits is this, that after our services on Sunday... Um, you know, uh, we'll of course go get something to eat and then we'll go home. Tatum likes to relax.
1: Yes, I do. Along with most other people who attend church on Sunday. And I'm not
0: like that. I, I want to, I want to get the work done first and then I can relax.
1: We've been working all morning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, one of my habits is I, wanna, I, I like to go work out and we get like to work a little out jump start on the week. Later on weeks Sunday. Weeks are so busy for us. There's so much stuff going on with ministry and life. That's why and construction. I need to relax. Yeah. Well, that's why we need to relax at night. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, anyways, you can tell that we are
1: opposites. opposites.
0: So, when I'm hot, she's cold. And when I'm cold, she's cold. <laughs> she's always cold.
1: <laughs> and when I'm right.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <now. Jeez. laughs> but <laughs> hey listen, back on track here. But one of the things I like to do, we go up to the gym and I'll always rewatch part of the service. But what I really want to watch again is the worship. Yeah. And so I'm on the treadmill and I got my little AirPods in and I'm just worshiping away. And I'm just, I I have the best time. I, I get to worship all Sunday morning. And then I just, I replay that whole thing again and I just get caught right back up in the presence of God. And it's awesome. So I'm already just Fired up from Sunday. And I wake up on, on Monday morning, and I just, I mean, I have a time with the Lord that was so special. I am so fired up after this time. Mm-hmm. In fact, Tatum is in uh in the bathroom and she's getting dressed, and I've got music going on, and I'm I'm just like giving warrior cries in the house. I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa! And it it all revolves around this concept that I want to teach us on, and it actually stems out of the life of Peter. But I want to coin this or call this "running to, to the, the roar. roar." Can you give me a little roar, honey? No, babe, I'm
1: not good with the noises. Come on, give me a just give us a roar. Nope.
0: <laughs> it's a. Roar. There you go. Running to the. Uh, That's running, a roar. Running. To the roar. So um I really just pray that God's going to use this to inspire you, and you're going to learn some uh some things you've never learned before. You're going to be inspired. And then I'm going to give you some practical things during this teaching. But it, it stems out of, and if you got your Bible, you can open it up to First Peter chapter eight. Uh uh and 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 look what the Bible, not chapter 8, first first Peter, check it out. It read it, Tatum.
1: Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings.
0: Okay. Of of all the disciples, one of the most relatable, at least to me, is Simon Peter. I mean, here's this guy. He was a fisherman from Galilee, and we've been in Galilee. Yeah, we right? got to see that. And hopefully someday we're going to be able to take a bunch of you with us back to Israel. It was...
1: Life-changing. It was life-changing.
0: Yeah. You, you have, If you're a Christian, you're a believer, you have to at least one time in your life... You need to put it on your bucket list. Go to Jerusalem. You have to go to Israel. But he was a fisherman from, from Galilee, and... I think about when Jesus found Peter sleeping in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus said, hey, Peter, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I go, I identify with the guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we all do, right? We can all see ourselves, and there's a willingness in our spirits to...
0: Do whatever God asks us to Yeah,
1: but then our flesh, we just fail ourselves, or the
0: Lord at times... And so I just identify with him because I see Peter just, he just, sometimes, he's just falling short all the time. Uh, how about the time when Jesus said, follow me? And Peter, man, with gusto, I mean, mm-hmm. he dropped his nets right on the spot. But now three years later, after being with Jesus every single day, Peter's still following the Lord, but now he's doing it from a distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You you think about when when Jesus came walking on the water in Matthew chapter 14, and he calls out on the boat. All the disciples are there uh, on the Sea of Galilee, and we were there, and that is, again, breathtaking. It's like, it's so- It's so special
1: uh, being in this real place where the Lord was, where he walked, and
0: where- We went out on a boat with all of the people that went with us. On the Sea of Galilee. On the Sea of Galilee, the, the, Mm -hmm. the place where Jesus walked. And and there was Jesus walking on the water and Peter's the guy that called out and said, "Lord, if it's you, you know, call to me and I'll come to you." And Peter is the dude that started water walking until
1: yeah, he takes his eyes off the Lord.
0: And I think that's it starts to sink. Why I can relate with him so much. Uh and and I think that's why, you know, this run to the roar was just such a uh this idea in my heart this other morning because I identify so much with Peter. So Peter has all these great moments followed by such deep defeats. Mm -hmm. So like you were saying, honey, just a second ago, his heart was willing. Yeah. But his flesh was weak. And that happens to all the time. I mean, there's times, everybody, where, you know, uh, on a Sunday, I'm all fired up. You heard me talk about that. And I'm... in. And there's times that I I am on a Monday and I wake up and I just feel like the wind just got knocked out of me and I don't I don't necessarily want to read my bible, I don't want to pray. I don't
1: Yeah, we're human, right? We go through these ups and downs and times where you think with my spirit I want this so much, but then there's part of your flesh that wants to pull you in a different direction. Just feels weak like Like Peter.
0: And so it it really shouldn't surprise any of us that Peter went through these experiences. After all, isn't it true? Remember this Jesus told him directly. Remember, he said, Satan desires to wipe you out. Yeah. But hey, Peter, you're going to be all right because I prayed for you. Mm -hmm. And after you're saved, go ahead and strengthen the other brethren, go ahead and strengthen the other Christians in the body of Christ. And so guess what? It's now over 2,000 years later, and we're still listening to Peter Mm -hmm. encouraging us to be sober and vigilant because we have an adversary. We have a spiritual enemy. It's the devil. And he's walking around, prowling around like a roaring lion. Like a lion. Mm -hmm. And so this is some of the things that really inspired me on this this morning that I had uh, this past week. Because when I think of, uh, I think Peter would say to every one of us, I think he'd say to you, just like I think he was saying to me that morning, hey, listen, I've been there. I've desired to to, to walk with and be used by and to be faithful to the Lord. And Jesus was actually standing right next to me when he told me that Satan was, try, is, was gonna try to take me mm-hmm. out
1: we and, have a real enemy like peter's saying that
0: like a real enemy and it's amazing that this is this blows my mind but studies show us that over half of christians in america do not believe that satan is real
1: unbelievable that's the first step of him like
0: everybody just because you don't believe to, he's real doesn't make yeah. him go away in fact, he's like Lord, thinking, help this is goody, goody, goody. Yeah, if you don't think I exist. now I, I get exist. the opportunity to really mess with your life, and you won't even know it's me. But Peter's saying, hey, listen, he is a real enemy. Yeah, you have a spiritual he's enemy.
1: Really, he's really real and
0: wants to destroy you. Now, here's where you're going to learn something, okay? A lot of you would ask the question, why does Satan want to pick on me? And there are some theories out there that try to explain his motives. Here's just one of them. You can do some more research on your own, but here's one of them. One of them is called the hostage theory. And it simply states that Satan is trying to gather as many people as possible into his kingdom of darkness in order to use them as a bargaining chip with God the Father at the end of time. Hmm. And the, the uh, hostage theory says that Satan is going to say to God, these people are my domain and I'll let them go if you let me go. And I I'm nem- telling you I don't believe I've that. I never heard of this. Yeah. huh I don't I don't personally believe that to, to be true. Listen, why does Satan bother us? I think it's simply because it's in his perverse nature to do so. He I think he's doing what uh what we do in our own perverse nature. So, you've probably had this tell me if you've ever had this happen to you. Okay. Uh I know I've had it happen to me. Everybody, get your imagination on. Check this out. Imagine with me that you're there. You're standing by the edge of a pool when all of a sudden, out of the corner of your eye, you see a group of guys heading your way. And you can tell. You know it. You look in there. You know what they're about to do. I'm telling you, because you're perverse and depraved, that's why you know what they're going to do. And, and we've all said it. You say, now, if I'm going into the pool, <laughs> you are all coming with me. And as they try to push you in, you're grabbing as many arms and legs as you possibly can.
1: You're taking them with you.
0: You're going down with me. Yeah. Have you ever, have, has anybody ever done that to you?
1: You probably have, babe.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> and I would scrap to take you with me. But yeah, that makes sense. It sounds just like what what I'm g- gathering where you're going with this conversation is that that's what the enemy's plan is. He knows where he's headed towards destruction and as many of God's children that he can take with them, he wants to take. He wants to take us out.
0: He's grabbing as many people as he can to pull them into the lake of fire with him. To which you say, okay, well, hey, good news for me. I've already given my life to Jesus. Why would Satan pick on me when he already knows that he's lost me? Listen, if he can't take you to hell, he's going to make you feel so discouraged, so defeated in your own walk with the Lord that you are you won't be able to make an impact in this world for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's what he's after. I mean, think about this. Um, Peter was close to the Lord, yet Satan came against him, just as Jesus said he would. And Peter made it through it, and if Peter can make it through it, so can you.
1: Of course, you're yeah. going to
0: be able to make it through, make it through it. Yeah. And, and here's how. And Peter gives us this uh, what I would call a singular answer when he tells us, "Stop running. Mm-hmm. Don't run, but resist." There you go. So you and I were not to fear our spiritual enemy. We're to resist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're resist him. So we're not to give in, but we're to resist him.
1: Yeah. James 4, um, verse 7 says this says that resist the devil and he'll flee from you.
0: And- so th- that that's exactly right. J- James and Peter are saying the exact same thing. When we resist the devil, that is the life-changing strategy to deal with him. Okay, so the Bible says that we've been given uh, the the uh, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, the gospel of peace, the bells of truth. There's only one piece in the armor of God that uh, there's one part of our body that is not protected with the armor of God.
1: What's that? It's
0: our backs. So it protects everything from the front,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: but everything from the back is that's not protected. Good. I know where you're going, that's good. So watch this, our our backs are vulnerable to the enemy. Why? It, I'm telling you everybody, this is what was so powerful to me the other morning. I'm, and I'm really trying to, to describe this to you. I'm trying to help you. It, it's never been the strategy of the Lord to run from the enemy. Rather, we're equipped by God Mm -hmm. to resist and even attack with such power that not even the gates of hell can withstand it. And I think that is just...
1: It's a great picture when you think about the armor of God being um, what it is and a description of like physically thinking of armor and seeing it In that you're attacking, you're going forward. There's never any part... Of um
0: duck and cover and run. Yes.
1: That's a that's a great way to say it. Turning around and just running. No, we resist the devil. We we are moving like in offense. It's not a defense mentality. It's you taking ground from him.
0: Do you know how many times the Bible says uh fear not?
1: Who knows? I don't I know.
0: Listen, you ready? How many? 365 times. What? One for every day. One for every single day. Cool. I mean God is so passionate about this. He's like, "Don't fe- Look, Do you know who I am? Yeah. Don't do we forget. Fear. He gives yeah. us a- don't fear every single day. He designs our equipment
1: mm-hmm.
0: in such a way where it's all
1: offense. A-
0: offensive. You're- Let's move forward. The only part of the armor of God that it does not cover the anatomy of a spiritual believer is the back. So Again, it's never been the strategy of of the Lord for us to run from the enemy. So, but make no mistake about it. You've got an enemy that wants to take you down to wipe you out, to make you miserable and nullify your effectiveness. That's why Peter, the guy that I can so relate to, calls out our spiritual enemy and compares him to a a roaring lion. Mm -hmm. Now, here's one of the things that I discovered on monday that was just ah remember i came into the yeah uh, where where you were at and i'm like hey check this out so listen to this everybody a roaring lion known in bible times and even to this day is the king of the pride of lions not because he's the most powerful lion in the family but because of what he once was Mm. so listen 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 okay the roaring lion is the oldest lion in the pride. So his teeth are worn out. His feet are slow. He's not as quick as he once was, nor as powerful as he used to be. Therefore, his assignment is to hide in the grass until an unsuspecting impala or deer comes walking through. And then and then that, that lion is to stand up and roar. And when he does... The deer or impala, it runs uh, away from the roar of the lion, right to the place where all the young strong lions are waiting. So watch it's this. It's a table. trap. Yeah, uh, it's a trap. Watch this. When the when the impala runs, he doesn't know it, but he's running to his death. Wow. So watch this. It, if you could counsel the impala. Or the deer, and give it a strategy to win. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would say: I'd say, listen, you're walking when you're walking through a grassy area, and you hear a roar. Whatever you do, yeah, don't run. Oh, that's good. Don't run. Don't be afraid. Go towards the roar. Run to the roar. Yes. Resist the urge to run. Resist it. Don't run.
1: That is so good.
0: Run to the wow. roar. I'm, I mean, I was fired up on that. I mean, I'm marching through the house. I'm like, come on, let's go. Everybody, the devil is, is a roaring lion. But here's what I just absolutely love. He got his teeth kicked out by Jesus. So he can still roar. And he's telling you, ah, you're going to fail. He's roaring. Mm-hmm. And when you run, you're going to run to your failure. Oh, he's going to say, you're you're just going to give in. And so he's roaring at you. Yeah. And we do just that. But he's, yeah, he's like. And so we run to our failure. Yeah. And that happens so many times uh, to to parents. One of the biggest things that I've uh, heard from parents throughout the years, one of the biggest lies where the enemy has roared is this. He's whispered this statement. You are a failure. So maybe your kids are going the wrong way or they're doing the they're not going the direction that and he's like, "Oh, you're just a failure." Yeah. He roars that. And you buy and into it and you start saying the things that match up with him and
1: I think we have to yeah, remember everything that he says is a lie. Every single thing that that roar uh says to you is a lie. It's just like this picture that you've painted of a old roaring lion who's a part of this tribe that he's lost his teeth he's the oldest one in the bunch he's not fast anymore his feet don't move swiftly he his job is to make a lot of noise but he's actually not able to attack to catch to take down the deer or the impala he just makes noise to push them towards you know death the trap the danger and that is such a picture of of who the enemy is. He literally does not have authority. He has no ability to touch you as a child of God. He's after you because you remind him of Jesus. You look like the Lord. You're made in the image of God.
0: Again, it's that perverse nature. He's wanting to pull as many people as possible. But he wants to take you with him. And or stop you from uh, reaching your potential. And that's why Peter inspires me so much because he's the one that felt the roar so many times. Jesus is like, hey, Peter, it's gonna be okay. I've prayed for you. Yeah.
1: The enemy's after you. He wants you, but I've prayed for you, and you're going to be fine. Do
0: you guys know that the Bible says that um, after this all thing gets all figured out and we're in heaven, that the Bible says that God is going to send one angel, one, to go deal with Satan. Yeah. Like Jesus has already dealt with him. Yeah. He's already been defeated, dethroned. He's been defeated. And so, and the Bible says that we all, as believers, are going to see Satan, our spiritual enemy, yeah. and that we are all going to say, "Really, that's him? Yeah. That's the one that deceived nations? That's the one that tripped me up? My him?"
1: Because there's this picture in our mind. The Bible actually says he's like a roaring lion, but but he's not. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this image. He's gum-
0: like he has he, no teeth. He's, he's like, like our like,
1: little dog, <laughs> or like a really old. When you get really old and you lose all your teeth, and he can't like bite. There's nothing he can do.
0: Everybody, can I remind you? I, listen. You have, the Father in heaven said, no man shall be able to snatch you out of my hands yes. all the days of your life. Jesus is in heaven praying for you. Yes, you he is. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have the word of God. You have the angels of the Lord that surround you and you have the believers that stand with you along with the armor of God. Yeah. You, you can't don't have be to defeated. Run. run to the roar, everybody. Run so to the roar. Good. Roar. Don't give in to these lies. Don't do it. So here's the question of the day: How do we stand against the roars of our enemy? How do we do that? Because that's where everyone's asking. Okay, I get it. I don't need to run, but how do I do it? In fact, I used to hate that when uh, when you'd hear you know pastors and they'll teach or whatever, like, hey, you know, don't. Right. Don't don't run from the roar. And you're like, yeah, I don't want to run from the roar. But how? And then you're like, what does that mean? How how do you do it? How do I not run? So I want to give you... You you want to tell us how? I'm going to to teach you how to not run. Okay. Okay. And the answer comes uh, actually from the Old Testament. And And it actually gives us this beautiful picture of what it means to resist rather than to run. And it's actually found in 2 Samuel. So... King David had this mighty warrior, and this guy just, man, he, he, pretty incredible. Uh, and this warrior stood by, traveled with King David, uh, and his name literally means built by God.
1: Ben- Benai, I think that's his name. Benai. Why don't we call him Ben okay <laughs> Ben built by God
0: so check out check out check out his his resume and we'll, we'll call him Ben this is what the Bible says about Ben it says that he killed two of Moab's mightiest warriors so this guy took on two of the strongest warriors from the Moabites mm-hmm. and killed them mm-hmm. so not just one two, two yeah of the strongest yeah at the same time. Incredible. That's That blows my mind. And then right after killing these two mighty warriors, right after it, the dude went down into a pit and took on and killed a, a lion. lion.
1: An actual lion. And think about
0: this. Isn't it true that oftentimes when uh, temptations, difficulties, or challenges come your way, they're simply there to prepare you for your future battles that are eventually coming? Yeah,
1: that's true. They're strengthening you for like the next fight, the next thing that for you're going you to gonna take come on against. the lion. Yeah, yeah. Had he not had the opportunity <laughs> to fight these two warriors, we can look at it like opportunity. Had he not been given that like chance to see it in, from his own perspective that he could win, that he could conquer them, then imagine when you get thrown into a pit and you're with the lion. He knew now. You know what? Look what. I just was able to do. I can do this. I got this.
0: Now, here's what's even more incredible to me is that the Bible says that he went down into the pit, killed the lion on a snowy day. Hmm. You, you, Hey, listen, if you'd like to read more about it, it's fascinating. Second Samuel chapter 23 and verse 20. So let me make this relevant to you. Maybe recently, let's just say you felt cold in your spirit. What did this mighty warrior Ben do? He went on the offensive, and he went into the pit itself to deal with the lion directly, even on a cold day. He attacked the enemy. And when I read about him, it helps me to begin to understand how to resist the devil. And I begin to realize that the... the skirmishes, the challenges that I'm presently going through and will pre- will go through, yeah. they are preparing me for what's heading my way on a snowy day. And I realize that my call is to go into the pit itself, to the storm, to, to storm the gates of hell, and to do battle with the enemy. I'm going to run to, to the them. roar. Yeah, and and I think about we were at lunch the other day with with a couple. And we looked back over our lives, and we've thought about all the challenges that we've gone through, mm-hmm. even in you know coming to Life Fellowship and uh, the beginning days of pastoring this church. Yeah, I mean it was brutal.
1: It was a battle. It for was sure. completely it brutal. Was a battle,
0: and it's one of those things that we've got to look back on and go, okay, what is it that we're doing? that is challenge that is bringing this challenge on the inside of us that's preparing us for the future. I mean we had that happen to us in our early days when we started off uh, in ministry. We had no family around us. living in government yep. assisted housing,
1: lived far away, yeah.
0: Just the challenges all around and and there was times I'd come home from work and you were crying because your parents are in a whole different place and there was, there was uh, 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 financial pressure, and you had a little baby, and Blakely had all this. Uh, she had colic for the longest time, and there was all these different things that created these challenges in us.
1: That prepared us for what God only knew we were going to have to face in the years ahead in our marriage, I think, had... Listen, if everything is given to us on a silver platter and life is just so comfortable and so easy and we remove all the challenges for our children as they're growing up and we want to remove all the struggle and then, you know, when I'm thinking through this as a parent's perspective, we don't want to see our kids, um, you know, be uncomfortable. We don't like to see them have struggle. We don't want to see them left out. We want them to have not only the things that they need, but the things that they want. And I think as parents, the perspective that our Heavenly Father has towards us is He doesn't remove all the challenges from our life. He He doesn't say you're going to— But gonna... He stays with us in the middle exactly. of it Exactly. And that's how we walk through it and get strengthened. Actually, when there's resistance, when there's pressure, when there's things that are not easy, it forces us to grow in strength and be able to push through and take on— the next challenge, which often will be more difficult, which could be harder than what we've already been through. But we're prepared to do it because we've walked through seasons, moments, maybe years where there's been struggle, there's been uh, hard things, but we know God walked through that with me. I was not alone. He was faithful to get me through it. And now we we can go through this next thing because God will be
0: with me. You better believe it with God all things are possible. It reminds me of the statement that smooth seas don't make great sailors.
1: It's and true. God has it's no
0: true. problem whatsoever allowing there to be problems and challenges to fill your life. Yeah. He never promised that you would have be problem-free on this planet, but when the enemy is roaring and saying you're going to be a failure, you're going to go down, understand, don't run from that. Run towards the roar be like david's mighty warrior that yeah and you take on those two uh of the greatest warriors yeah. in moab and understand that when you do that it's preparing you for the next battle yeah. that's in front and then in fact the scripture says that he had other battles that continued that on that came after
1: and knowing i'm not i'm not taking this on in my own strength my own ability i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and i can't we can get through this because the lord promised He's never going to leave me or forsake me. He's fighting for me. That's half the battle is knowing it's not you by yourself. It's not up to you alone. The Lord's going to walk through it with you.
0: So, hey, everybody, let's run to the roar. Now, the question is, how do we do this practically? How does that look like? Um, And that is going to need to be something that we answer next week because we've run out of time today. And so make sure that you turn in, uh, tune in next week. Join us. And I'm go yeah, join us. Uh, and I'm gonna teach you practically how you can run to the roar, to the roar. And I'm gonna actually give you some ideas that you've probably never even thought of in your entire life. You're gonna love it. All right. And so again, it's such an honor to be able to speak into your life every single week. Tatum and I love you, and we count it a great honor to do that.
1: Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have
0: a great week. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye-bye.